Guys, this is podcast number two. I'm your host, Matthew Skelhorn. I obviously forgot to um, introduce myself in the first episode, um, which is hilarious, but now I'm not forgetting. Uh, by the way, this tune that you just heard was from one of the one of a good friend of mine named Emmanuel Lohaitis. Um, he's been writing and singing for as long as I can remember, um, and all of his stuff will be in the description below, so make sure you go check it out. And yeah, so as I said before, um, then you guys know what this song was. Uh, I forgot to introduce myself last podcast, and it's hilarious. And I re-listened to it a few times, and I knew I was going to make a lot of mistakes and many more mistakes to come, but um, that's funny that I forgot to tell you guys who I am. Um, so I'm Matthew Skelhorn. And uh, this is my podcast called Hit or Miss. Uh, same thing with the name where I'm pretty sure it will change um, in the upcoming future pretty soon. But for now, we'll keep it as is and we'll get right into it. So as I said last podcast, uh, that my predictions are not worthy. Um, well, I was right. So if you guys bet against all three predictions that I've made... You guys would have made some money um, because I was completely wrong, except for the main event of UFC 2257. I uh, I couldn't make a proper guess, and I hate that I'm saying proper just because I drank some proper 12. I swear that's the only reason why I say proper. If proper 12 never existed, I would never say proper. But proper 12 exists, and I am a super fan, so I'm going to use proper. But we'll we'll get right into these three fights that, that we talked about last week. Um, they are obviously done. And as I said, they are all against what I said, or mostly. Um, so let's first start with uh, the... We could talk a bit about the Magni and Chiesa fight. With what I've seen and with what I've said in the past, uh, Chiesa did a very good job and was completely dominant against Magni and it's interesting to see who he will fight next I know he called out Colby Covington I don't really see that happening um, because Colby definitely needs to fight Jorge Masvidal next hopefully before the summer but it may be toward the summer card they announced so much other fights too which we can we can dive into a bit uh, but overall really impressed by Chiesa I like the move up to 170 he seems fresh he seems healthy and uh, he's slowly becoming one of these top guys in the 170-pound division. So it's it's awesome to see. And Magni will always come back. He's a solid competitor, and I don't think this loss will uh, affect his career as much. But fair play to fair play to Michael Keza. Awesome fight. That's all I really got to say about that. Um, I'm. Mostly going to speak about uh, UFC 257, the co-main and main event. So the co-main event, wow. Completely shocked. I think that's the prediction where I was uh, completely off. 
and much respect to Chandler. His game plan was made perfectly. And I feel like Hooker, just as the president of the UFC, Dana White said, um, he froze. He froze as the bell rang. And uh, I didn't expect that at all. He didn't throw much. He threw a few leg kicks and his, his hands were were kind of mimicking some holding mitts towards Chandler because Chandler was much smaller. Um, Chandler was stalking him like he like Hooker was his prey. He was uh, consistently pressuring him to the fence and like every 20, 25 seconds or so would, would, would pop a nice like body jab, body jab and uh, Hooker got used to that rhythm. And then he just popped a jab with a, with an overhand right and dropped him, stunned Hooker, and then just finished it on the ground for a an insane TKO. It, it and when that fight started and when when Chandler started pressuring Hooker, it was it was it was like putting me at the edge of my seat from the start because he was constantly like bouncing towards him, bouncing towards him, and. I feel like he could have done that for for all three rounds, and Hooker just were, felt super under pressure. Which towards the lead up of the fight, you didn't really see that. I didn't really see that. I saw that he he respected Chandler and wh- where he came from, despite him not being in the UFC in the past. I like I thought he showed that respect and accepted it that Chandler is one of the best in the game even if he hasn't fought in the UFC so I thought that pressure wouldn't be an issue in this fight but it ended up being the issue I think that cost Hooker this fight so that was an awesome debut for Michael Chandler I don't know what will happen next. I know he called out a bunch of guys and I have a bunch of friends who who messaged me after saying like who is this guy? Why is he calling all these like big names in the sport like McGregor, Poirier, um and the list goes on and on, but what people maybe don't know that don't follow MMA is that Chandler is one of the best and although his record he, he did beat El Alvarez the former lightweight champion and Benson Henderson a former lightweight champion at the UFC as well he beat these guys um but he's just an athlete that has been in the sport for so long and has fought in the second tier of of professional mixed martial arts in Bellator so and a lot of fighters transition from Bellator to the UFC and I know a lot of them had struggled with their entries the biggest one that I could think of is Ben Askren when he came in and um, although he did beat Robbie Lawler it was questionable and then obviously we all know the well if you guys don't know google this Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren and last July Masvidal demolished Askren in seconds so that's like the most recent one that I could think of that just didn't go well for a Bellator introduction into the UFC but Chandler on the other hand just kind of ruined that stigma and put Hooker away fast so it's interesting to see what he will uh what he will do next I don't think he should be for the lightweight title uh like obviously we'll get into the main event after but Poirier after uh, beating McGregor He's not interested in that fight to to unify. Khabib doesn't seem like he's coming back. 
So ultimately, I think Poirier should fight Oliveira, another top contender that recently beat Ferguson in dominant fashion. And Chandler, I think he... I don't know where you put him in the mix. The The name that comes to my head is Gaethje. Like Gaethje versus Chandler would be... Would be the fight to make, I think, for Chandler and Gaethje. Gaethje's coming off of a loss to Khabib. And Chandler's coming off his first win versus the rank number six. I think that's the fight to make. If Ch- like, Ch- like Chandler versus Gaethje would be next for the title uh, if they were to do Poirier versus Oliveira. Yeah, I think, I think that's the way to go. But as for the debut of Michael Chandler, uh, that was awesome. That was awesome, and it was, it was a masterpiece in itself. You know, striker versus wrestler. Wrestlers, kind of like pressuring him. He didn't. Even, did he shoot? I don't, I'm not even. I don't remember if he sh- if he shot for a takedown or not. But um, I know that these body jabs were setting up for a, a nice overhand right, and and he perfected it. And it's crazy to see that a five foot eight can knock out a six foot opponent with the correct game plan and that's what Chandler did so respect to him it was an awesome fight and I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll do next in the UFC should be good um and now we'll go to the main event another prediction that I didn't really I didn't really give a formal prediction because I I had no idea I had no idea what will happen I felt like there was so much outcomes for for this fight in between McGregor and Poirier that uh, I couldn't I couldn't set stone into into one firm prediction, but uh, what a fight that was, and what an outcome that not many expected. So, I did have feelings, though, that it wasn't going to go McGregor's way towards the lead-up of the fight. There was many things that, I, that I've seen or that I've realized that gave me kind of signs that... that it wouldn't be McGregor's night. There's obviously the time away from the octagon where with his words and how we get how he's so convincing, it was hard to believe that ring rust would be a thing with him. But that could definitely be one of the reasons why he was just not as sharp or as quick. Uh, but to the lead up of the fight, like going back to, to what I've seen is that the first face-off in between Poirier and McGregor after the conference, I believe that was their first face-off they've had. And I saw uh, a sense of, not a sense of fear. I don't think, if you go in, into the octagon, I know you, you'll you'll fear no matter what, you'll have anxiety no matter what, but you're used to getting in there and knowing the um, consequences of fighting another man or another woman. But I saw just a, a sense of like, oh shit. I felt like he, he sensed that in his head, this first... Um, his first face-off. And I think that's because of the size. I think he didn't really size Poirier up until that first press conference. And then when he saw the size, I mean, they're very similar in size. And Poirier's wider. I feel like he's even bigger. And that combined with all the with, with all the experience Poirier has over the past two years, fighting Gaethje, fighting Khabib, fighting uh, many other times than McGregor has. Uh, Hooker. I mean, there's so many that... Poirier has been through when McGregor was on the sidelines. Uh, I think that came into McGregor's mind. I think that that fucked up uh, that fucked his mindset a bit. The first, like, if we break it down round by round, first round seemed 
pretty equal, although McGregor did seem slower than usual. And I think you, I think I've seen it in the first, I, I've known in the first round for sure that he was going to lose the fight because he landed some clean shots on Poirier, but Poirier ate them. And uh, although he said after the fight that uh, McGregor flashed him a bit, and if McGregor were, were to swarm him, he, he would have been in trouble. But McGregor didn't, didn't realize that shot that he landed that, that could have flashed Poirier, or Poirier just has an awesome poker face that... Um, that won't give McGregor the sense of urgency to, to finish the fight. Um, so my point is that Poirier took McGregor's hardest shot on that fight, I think. Plain and simple. Um, like, he hit him with the left, got him maybe right a bit above the chin, but clean. And Poirier took it and continued. And then um, off the clinch, I feel like they were equal. They are throwing some shoulder strikes. I, I think that was more of a of a show towards what McGregor did last year versus Cerrone. Um, but in the clinch, I seemed, it seemed to be pretty equal. And I think the uh, the biggest factor as to why the, the fight ended so soon or maybe so um, drastically is the calf kicks. The calf kicks completely annihilated McGregor's game. It, it fucked his game up completely. And he was he was checking them weirdly too. I mean, in the beginning, he he his lead leg would just would just stay still, and he saw the kick coming. He would leave it there, and then he would kind of keep it keep the leg there after. I don't know if that's because his leg was already shot, uh, but you could see that towards the end it was hurting, um, and Poirier just got the perfect sweet spot uh, right on the muscle of the calf, and that. Uh, compromised McGregor's movement, which uh, McGregor's movement is one of his key attributes as to why he's he, he's so lucid and and fluid in the in a fight. Uh, he couldn't do that anymore. And then right after completely shoot like annihilating that leg, Poirier capitalized uh, on the boxing on the boxing side. I mean, he swarmed him, caught him with a few good shots, and then McGregor backed up and. The, con- the 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 more times that McGregor was backing up, the more Poirier sensed that it, it was time to to pour it on, and he did so. And he landed a nice shot. McGregor dipped a sh- like a a nice straight right to the nose, put McGregor down, and then I don't think McGregor was out. I think he was flashed or stunned. But then that second shot, when McGregor was 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 sitting down. He put him out. McGregor was out. I don't think... I don't know if anybody will ever admit it. I know that you could see the tape. Uh, it's pretty obvious. When Poirier puts him down, McGregor's sitting down, and then he throws another right right or left. I don't remember which one. But a nice shot right to the chin and put McGregor to sleep for a few seconds. And that's the fight, man. It was insane. I was stressed, man. It's because... McGregor, I'm a fan no matter what. Like, obviously, the fan in me wanted him to win. I, I cannot lie about that. I've been a fan of McGregor since uh, since I was, like, 15 or 16. So, seeing him lose like that as a fan was heartbreaking. My heart was beating fast the whole time. But I, I, I kind of I kind of felt I felt the, the heartbreak in the first round when McGregor lasted his, his hardest shots. 
and it seemed like Poirier didn't even like, didn't even care. And I think that's that's his mentality that he's had towards the whole buildup. He didn't care. He this man was in there to win, and um, put his emotions aside. Even even after the fight, there was no big celebration. He he knew like he he really believed that he was gonna finish McGregor, and he did. Not a lot of people did because we're, we're so used to McGregor knocking people out left and right, and and plus with his talking abilities, it's it's hard to not believe him. Um, but what we all tend to forget at times is that a fight is a fight, and you never know what will happen. And as the result of Saturday night, we had no idea that that was going to happen. It's uh, it's it's the best part of the game. I feel I think that's why I, I fucking love this sport. I'll never not love this sport. I I don't want to be involved physically. I don't want to get punched in the face. But watching two people get in a ring and risking it all, especially at that magnitude, and it's how McGregor even took the fight afterwards. Like how he took the result in. Obviously, you'll 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 still be a bit like oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. But ultimately, he respected what happened, and um, you know what I mean. Like he just he's not scared to lose, and McGregor just knows how to take a loss, just as much as he knows how to take a win. And uh, it's a, it's a sad it's a sad thing for McGregor friends because. What what next? You know, we know what Pori is next. Pori wants the belt. He wants the undisputed belt. Khabib will leave. It doesn't seem like he's gonna come back since he he did beat all of them. And with what he said to Dana White after the fight, uh, after the main event, he was like, "These guys are levels below me," which is the same quote that McGregor used, which I find like yeah, perfect, man. I mean, uh, maybe McGregor's not deserving for for that many negative comments but for what he said to Khabib to the lead up of the Poirier fight and Khabib answering that way that's it's totally respect not respectful it's just it makes sense that he says that I mean he's putting it in his face he's like look I'm way better than you and you just gotta accept that um and like I don't disagree is what I mean it's uh so yeah Poirier versus Oliveira is the fight that I would see next for the undisputed title. Um, where does McGregor go from here? I mean, there's one of there's one of two ways. As again, Dana White has said, and as a lot of journalists said after the fight, um, either he really does the "I'm going to be active" type of mentality, or he's done, like done. And honestly, my initial thoughts, and they're still the same for now. I think he should stop fighting. Honestly. Um, I think he will never reach that same type of hunger he had five or six years ago. This man has everything. He doesn't need any. He doesn't need any more um, materialistic things. He has businesses across the board with with multiple different types of industries, and uh, he has money in the bank forever. And for his kids, it's kids' kids, and and on and on and on. So I just think. Uh, although he may have the competitive fire still in him, but he's not hungry to the point where uh, he's willing to take that from someone else. So if I were him, if I was in his shoes, I would stop fighting and just reap the rewards. I mean, he's 31 years of age and he could already retire and like of his actual profession. His businesses run on its own. 
he he will always be an attractive to uh, an attractor to not only the MMA community but sports in general and even celebrity status. He can do many things, but then again, there's the fighter in him. There's the competitive side in him that won't stop. So if he doesn't stop, then man, I would change my game a bit and uh, and work hard every day and fuck all that materialistic shit and try your best to to focus on the art of fighting and training every day but i don't know i don't see that happening i don't see that happening at all if brooke were to come back though um i've seen a few uh tweets on what he would do next along with reporters saying what's best for him uh ariel halwani mentioned uh, the diaz three fight the mcgregor diaz three fight is it's like perfect timing for it and i believe so i believe that that could be like the top fight that mcgregor should aim for next but it should be asap i mean obviously take a few weeks to recover off that knockout he was sleeping for a few seconds so check that out make sure everything is fine but if he gets the green light i would fight before summer like april may get in there asap because uh the more the more he waits the more he'll deteriorate and uh the sadder the ending of such an a unique career uh it will be tarnished by the not tarnished completely you can't take away what he did but he always like a um likable ending for the fighter not necessarily for the people around like the fans like us and and shit like that but uh what a fight anyways what an event i was stressed to the gills, man. My heart was beating so fast. Right after the fight, I couldn't sleep till like three thirty a.m. because my heart was still beating. It's it was a it was an ending that no one expected. But at the same time, you just see at what level Pori is at. I, I love Pori's attitude, man. Like after the fight, he just he just doesn't give a fuck, and he's just he can't he can't wait to to go back home to see his family, sell his hot sauce and shit. I like that attitude. That don't give a fuck attitude. I'm here to fight. That's it. Him too. He wants to fight Diaz, which is which is crazy that Diaz is still in the picture when when he doesn't he doesn't really fight anymore. He tweets so much, talks so much, but doesn't doesn't get in there as much anymore. Even though he's got in there a lot in the past, but that's understandable. Diaz is a superstar himself, so it makes it makes sense. It makes sense that he's still in the talks. At the end of the day, a lot of these fighters do it to to get paid and. Um, when you fight a Diaz, when you fight a McGregor, you're getting paid. And I'm happy like I saw Poirier's purse that is, I don't know if it's uh, approximate or if it's accurate, but he made a million dollars that fight, and that's cool. That's cool to see that. Uh, and I, I believe McGregor is the one who who elevated the purses for all. But I think five or six years ago, it's it would be rare to see that someone's purse would be over a million dollars. It's cool to see that these these fighters are... Are getting paid in full, as Poirier says. Poirier was paid in full, and I hope he gets that title shot next. Um, and I'll definitely be rooting for him, uh, just because he deserves it. He's been in the sport for a long time, and he's fought the best of the best. Um, so yeah, that's that's my recap. No, uh, there's a lot of a lot of fights that have been announced. That is super exciting, and. Um, by the way, sorry, I know my head goes like back and forth so the audio might not be as uh, leveled. 
Uh, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, but there are so many fights that are coming up that is so interesting. Uh, I think the, the, the breaking news one uh, about a few days ago was uh, the official announcement of Miocic versus Nganu 2. That will be insane. Now, the fan in me is like, I hope Nganu knocks Miocic out and then we see uh Nganu versus Jones. That will be fucking madness. Even though I know we I, I believe John Jones will win no matter who it is. Um well maybe not actually. Like maybe not. Miocic has gotten so much better and he's just aligning himself to literally be the best heavyweight of all time. Um he's arguably already is but the more he fights the more he's knocking number one contenders out or or beating them the better chance he has a, a, as GOAT status. So a Miocic versus John Jones fight is also blockbuster-ish, you know? But when you see, like, just picture Nganu versus John Jones. And just imagine that first round, you know? Or, like, just imagine Nganu knocking out John Jones. I know that's, I, I know that's hard to believe. I know that's very hard to believe. But just all these thought process coming in my mind, thinking of that, thinking of that, that that can happen. Oh my god. That'll be ridiculous. Uh, and I think under that is Volkanovski versus Ortega. I really wish that, I wished that Holloway had another shot. I feel like he, he's more deserving of it. But uh, it will be a good fight. Uh, early predictions of that fight i i think um i think that i think ortega has a strong chance into beating volkanovsky uh, but if, if if volkanovsky takes his distance keeps his distance and and fights for points i think volkanovsky will take it in decision but if they get close ortega will uh i think he'll manage to either submit him or or you know put him in rough spots but that's that's something that we'll look into as the event comes near. And yeah, I think there's a there's an event in two weeks, so we'll talk about it next week. I think it's Overeem. Overeem's fighting again. Uh, there's also uh, there's also a nice heavyweight fight coming up in in, in the next month. Derek Lewis versus uh, Curtis Blades. That will be cool. That will be a a cool one to preview and and do some research on, and then. I'll, I'll give my um, calculated, hopefully correct this time, prediction. I don't know what's wrong, man. It's like every time I think something, it's going the complete opposite way. I mean, so many, for for example, the McGregor fight, so many people thought McGregor was going to knock him out in the second round and Poirier does it to McGregor. That's crazy. Uh, super unexpected. Overall, I loved I loved it. It sucks that um, where I live now, there's a curfew and there's so many restrictions because of the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. So I couldn't be with friends and and watch this fight with beers and, and shit. I was actually alone. It was so late. My brothers were were sleeping. My girlfriend was sleeping long before. Uh, so I was I was alone. But uh, it doesn't change the the fact that I love this sport and I love watching it. So it didn't really matter to me. But it's it's cool to to be surrounded by friends and and have an event where we could just talk at the same time of watching fights you know uh but we will next week we will recap uh, the overing fight coming up 
yeah, that's it for my 257 recap. Again, as I said in the beginning of the episode, I apologize for not introducing myself, and I'm pretty sure that that introduction uh, may change again. I'm pretty sure I forgot some stuff, but I I love this, man. It's it's fun to do this, and I was excited all week to, to record again. I've also reached out to one of my good friends for a song to introduce my podcast, so I'll have that for a few episodes at least for sure. And um, also, I'd like to talk a bit about what what this podcast is. Again, I, I'm not sure exactly. I know I'm talking a lot about fighting this last ep- the first episode and this episode, but I'm planning on having interviews soon with people from all industries and and whatever they do. And I'm just curious to to see how they've got there. What what their I was about to say a word in French because <laughs> I, I don't I forgot it in English, but just their trajectory. To, to whatever they do, whatever their passion is. And um, obviously, I, I won't have high-profile people on, on my podcast since this is a fairly new podcast, but that's not the goal. I I want to maybe interview students that are studying in multiple different categories and people in the work field already. And if ever people that are younger, like adults or teenagers that are interested and in, to know what type of trajectory someone is in and and trying to relate to it uh that would be awesome for them and i'm i'm a curious guy so i'll ask all the questions that most probably you you guys would would like to hear so it's it's interesting and and, and maybe as soon as next week that i'll have a, a first interview i don't know exactly who yet um but whenever i do i'll announce it on my socials and uh we will go from there but yeah thank you so much for listening um I'm grateful for every single click, so I, I it's much appreciated, and any feedback is also much appreciated. I got a lot last week, I'm trying to correct these errors slowly but surely, and the more I get, the more the more I'll be better, and the more I I record, the better it will get as well. Uh, so on that note, thank you very much for listening, and I will see you guys next Monday. Thank you.